Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Praise God. It's good to have you back. Um, God is faithful. I'm glad to be here. I'd just like to go ahead and welcome myself back right now to the mic. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 6. I'll be here all night, folks. Praise God. Acts chapter 6. We're starting with verse 1 because a couple weeks ago, some of y'all didn't know why I'd said that, but I said we'll continue in a couple weeks because Jen and I took some time off together. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. I'm going to be reading off the screen tonight. I'm not real crazy about the version I have for you. It's a New King James Version. It's very eloquent and beautiful, but New Living Translation is more how we talk. So we are in Acts chapter 6. Verse 1, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, someone say multiplied. Uh-huh, there were rumblings of discontent. You know what rumblings of discontent is? It's when people talk real low about something. It's like they want you to know, but they don't want you to know, so they're not going to speak it out loud, but they're going, oh, man, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. That's a rumbling of discontent. They're talking real low about a situation they're not crazy about. The Greek-speaking believers, other translations say the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew what? The Hebrew-speaking believers, <laughs> saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Can I just say something real quick? Thank you for your permission. It's interesting having two services, one in English and one in Spanish, because over the years, sometimes the Spanish-speaking believers have something to say about the English-speaking believers because there's two services here. We're part of the same family. And sometimes the English-speaking believers have something to say about the Spanish-speaking believers. Not necessarily bad, but sometimes going, hey, why are they doing that? Why did they do this? So this is really normal. You see right here two cultures are being represented in the early church. There were many more, but there's two. And they were saying, look, our widows... They're being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Our people, our culture, they're not getting their fair amount. One of the buzzwords of this last decade is their fair share, right? They're not being taken care of. So the 12, who were the 12? Anybody? You, the 12 disciples. One betrayed Jesus, and then they got in someone to take his spot. So the 12 disciples. They called a meeting of all the believers. Someone say believers. Everybody in this house tonight is a believer, so they were our people, the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God. Apostles are messengers. Apostles have the unique gift of having the ability to start new works, new churches. If you guys notice about Pastor Fabian, he'll go somewhere and start a work, right? It's a unique gift. Not everybody can do that. Apostles have that gift as part of the five-fold ministry. They can operate in the... Uh, the past, pastoral role, a teaching role, an evangelical role. They can off, uh, operate in a prophetic role and in an apostolic role, meaning they can start churches, train other pastors. I think Dad told us yesterday that he, he has taught, he's had the privilege of having about 12 pastors in his spiritual warfare classes. So he's a, a pastor of pastors. That's what an apostle is. So they said, the 12, the 12, they're now 12 apostles, right? They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Isn't that interesting? 
Others have said, well, they were wrong doing that. No, you keep reading. It wasn't wrong. They knew that they had things to do in administrating the kingdom besides the daily details. Does that mean they were above serving? No, they'd been serving. They were still serving, but their calling was different. Is everybody with me? Someone say their calling was different. Me and you, God sees us as equals. Did y'all know that? This is unique. This is a unique dichotomy. It's a two-way street here. It's kind of fascinating. We are equals, but our calling is different. I'm no better than you, and you're no better than me. But they recognize, they said, our calling is different here. We can't just be running a food program. we got to pray and get into the Word so we can teach the Word and administrate and lead. And so, brothers, that Greek word brothers is adelphoi. It means brothers and sisters. You guys know, you're familiar with Spanish, those of you who speak Spanish. What do you say to a group if there's even one man in the group? Hermanos. The masculine form of brothers, uh, of, of, you know, brothers and sisters. So, I mean, so brothers are talking to everybody, not just the men, the men and women. Select seven men. Look at that's interesting. Select seven men. They were selecting deacons. People think deacons are like board members. No, deacons are called to serve. Deacons are servants of the local church. People, I remember growing up, people got that twisted. They thought they were a deacon, so they were a they were, they were up there. They could tell the pastor what to do. No, that's not what a deacon is. A deacon serves. Some of you have had experiences like that in churches. Select seven men who are well-respected. Say, man, let's find the low-down, dirtiest scoundrels we can, and we're going to let them be deacons. That don't make sense, does it? No. Get folks who are well-respected, have a good track record, and are full of the spirit and wisdom. Someone say wisdom. Okay. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles, once again, they were the top leaders of the church. They were basically the under-founders after Jesus of the early church because they'd been the ones who were with Jesus the whole time. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. That's powerful. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen. You'll read about him in later chapters. This is foreshadowing. Stephen was a powerful man of God. He was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch. I love Bible names, don't y'all? I'm always amazed that we can even get through them. And, and Nicholas of Antioch, he was an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. Okay, Now he's a believer in Jesus. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. Quick question. Why do you think it's so important to lay hands on folks sometimes and pray? I've got a few reasons for you. Number one, it's scriptural. Scripture says the gift of God is stirred up in you by the laying on of hands. Also, it's a point of contact. Sometimes it stirs up your faith for someone to touch you and say, I'm, I'm agreeing with you right now. Come on. Right? Scripture talks about agreeing. We mentioned that tonight. Matthew chapter 18, if two agree is touching anything, shall be done by our Father which is in heaven. Now, at the same time, Scripture goes on to say in the epistles, lay hands on no one suddenly. I've met people like that. I don't know them from Adam. I just don't even know them. And they walk up and go, man, let me pray for you. And they're putting their hands on you. That never works out very well. I was telling staff today a story about a guy that had showed up. You got to know who's feeding you. You got to know who's laying hands on you, right? You got to be at peace with it. But I remember a guy showed up years ago. 
And the first time I met him, I, we were, we had, I had hardly just met him. I just barely met him. I didn't know who. And he said, you know, I preach. And I already knew some stuff about this guy that he was not well respected. He had some real big baggage and issues with his family. That's between them and God. But every time he'd see me, he's like, you know, I preach too. Finally, after about three times, I told the staff this story today. Amazing. This is all I said. I said, brother, I love you, and I bet you do preach, but I don't know you. I, I never saw him again after that. Didn't even correct him. Didn't get smart with him. I had lovingly told him, I don't know you. So why did I go in this direction? Make sure you either know or trust or know and trust whoever's laying hands on you. You understand that? I'm telling you, I was in Roswell one time, and uh, my dad's friend, he was a missionary man. He was a, had the heart of God. He was, just, in so many ways, just a great man. He was my missionary mentor. Tony, you knew Brother John. I think, I think Hector, I think you knew Brother John de los Santos. So he picked me. He was a little concerned about me because he knew I was living at my grandparents' house in Roswell, and then I was renting a house from them. I was 19 and I wasn't going to church on Wednesdays because I wasn't about to go to my grandparents' church. It was dead. I, was, I would drive home on weekends to come to church here. It, that church, it was like a morgue. It was dead, frozen, cold, dead. I wasn't going to go on Wednesdays. And I told my parents, I said, I'm going to be staying with Grandpa and Grandma, and then I'm going to rent from them because I was helping to manage a finance company in Roswell at the time. But I, right off, I said, I'm not going on Wednesday nights. Mom and dad just looked at me. They didn't even disagree. They were all, hmm, okay. I just said, I'm just letting y'all know I'm not. So Wednesday nights, I was always conveniently busy with work. Grandma's like, and grandpa would go, you need, to, you need to go to church on Wednesday nights. And I, I always respected grandpa. I said, grandpa, when I'm in Hobbs, I go to church on every Wednesday night. He just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. He never said anything else about that. But I said all that to say this. My dad's friend and my missionary mentor says, hey, Brother Matthew. He said, would you like to go to church with me? So he picked me up for a Wednesday night service, and I didn't really want to go with him. But I went because it was him, and he asked. He was my dad's friend. Scripture says, don't forsake your father's friend. All right? So I said, all right, we'll go. So we went, and he picked up some dude that was a nut. I'd known him about three seconds, and he started laying hands on me. I'll never forget that. After it happened, I was like, that happened so fast. I was like, Lord, I bind every spirit of the devil just in case. That dude was kind of crazy. He's all, man, let's just pray. He was ready. You got to know who's laying hands on you. Don't just let anyone, not, it, not, not just anyone lay hands on you, okay? So I don't know who needed that. But you don't just go out and ask for prayer. You don't know them unless you feel peace. Once again, you got to know them or trust them. Know or trust or know and trust. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. Look at this. And many of the Jewish priests were converted. Converted to what? To religion? No, to faith in Jesus. They were converted too, it says. Next verse. Stephen... Here we go. He was chosen as a deacon. But remember, he was full of the spirit and he was full of wisdom. He was well respected. He was a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, <clears throat> that's interesting, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene. 
Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia, Jews from different places. They were debating with him. They were debating scripture. Most likely, it was about Jesus and different things, but they were just argumentative. But look at this. Remember, he was chosen because he was well-respected and he was full of the spirit of wisdom. It says, none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. How many of you know that a religious spirit, a spirit that is wrong, if they can't get over on you, they're going to get mad at you? You ever had somebody come to your door and they're preaching a false gospel? You start questioning them and what do they do usually? They get mad at you. I'm not going to say what religion it was. No, I'm going to go ahead and say what religion it was because it's a false religion. My dad and grandpa were crazy together. My mom's dad, Grandpa E.M. Treadwell, and he was country as cornbread. His name was Elmer Maurice Treadwell. That's my, that's my mom's side of the family. My mother's maiden name was Treadwell. But Grandpa was from the country, but he could preach in three languages without notes. He preached in English, Spanish, and Portuguese without notes. He could quote you scriptures in all three languages. He was a missionary. Well, he had retired at that time. I think he had retired. Uh, maybe he was nearing retirement. He was an older man. So my dad met him when he was in his 50s, when Grandpa was in his 50s, and they became like best friends, but Grandpa became a mentor to my dad. Well, they loved doing stuff together. I mean, one time they went out to the river in northern New Mexico, and they split up. They were hunting. <laughs> And I don't know if my grandpa was on some kind of medicine at that time, but he, he told my dad, he said, Fabian, I'm going to wait in the car. I don't know what they were waiting. But he fell asleep, Tony, you're going to like this. He fell asleep with, with a shotgun. And while he's sleeping, grandpa pulled the trigger and shot the, the window out. No, dad and they had some stories. And my dad and him would laugh so hard. They were just so close. And I remember they would spend so much time together. And I'm telling you this because this is going somewhere. I remember they'd lay down and listen to the word together. Man, and then they loved, they loved getting into it with people about scripture. They loved it. And they loved winning souls. We say souls because that's what we say, right? Getting people saved. So one time, a couple of Mormons came to the house. You say, no Mormons, but they preached... Well, no, you need to look into their doctrine. That's not the Bible that we have. They added an extra Bible to the Bible. So you need to know about that. Okay, they, they got some interesting stuff. They believe that Native Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. And it's been debunked over and over again, their beliefs, even archaeologically. So if you're Mormon or you came from the Mormon faith, we love you. We honor that you love Jesus or you, you say you know of him and you honor him. But Jesus is the only way to heaven, and the true doctrine is scripture only, not the Book of Mormon. Joseph Smith was not a man of God. You need to look into his history. He got in all kinds of trouble. But anyway, so a couple Mormons came to the door, and they didn't know who they were dealing with, two men of God. So they had a plan. Grandpa said, hey, they told my dad, he said, see if you can get them in the house, and we're going to close the door behind them. And dad's all in. It's his mentor. So one of, I don't remember who did it, honestly. They came in, got the two guys in, and somebody snuck up and closed the door behind them. And they started talking to them. And grandpa and dad said that those Mormons started cussing so bad they were peeling the wallpaper off the wall. Cussing. You better let us out of this house. 
cussing. And dad and grandpa said, we're going to lay hands on you and cast the devil out of you right now in Jesus' name. Those dudes are like a cat. You ever seen a cat trying to get out and get away from you? But they went, they spoke the truth. And I say, how did you get into all this? Because when God's on you, man, they can't stand against you when they try to debate scripture with you. Man, they would rile them up. And then they'd have different, different I want to say different routines where sometimes they would play Columbo with them. Any of y'all familiar with Columbo, that detective? You always played dumb? That's one of the best ways to do it. To this day, dad will go places, and his, this is his way of witnessing. And I've, I've done it with him. We've gone out and witnessed together like this. Dad will look around and meet people and go, does anybody here know where I can go to get saved? Real serious. And you know, dad has a poker face. He's just like this, like granite. And people will be laughing, and there's always one or two that know something about them, and they'll go, I think you can go down the street and make a right. There's a church. You can go get saved over there. And dad will witness to them by asking questions. Dad's like, wait, so I can't just accept Jesus here? I got to be at the church? And they'll be like, you do. You got to go to a church to get saved, bro. And others are like, no, I think you can get saved anywhere. And it gets them thinking and talking and starts convicting them. I used to use that when I was youth pastor. I'd ask kids and groups of people, do you all know where I can get saved? I learned that from dad. And people go, uh, what is saved, you know? And then you get into it. Dad learned some of that. And I know that's his own style and his own twist on things and his own flavor. But he learned some of that, those witnessing tools from my grandpa. Grandpa was a great winner of people for Jesus. Man, he would go door to door, old school, just like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witness, right? Door to door. But you got to take the truth. You got to be armed with the truth. And let me tell you right now, scripture says, study to show yourself approved. You better know a little bit about the word. You don't have to be this amazing preacher and all this, but you need to know your Bible. That's why I tell you all the time, read your Bible so you can know, so you can defend yourself. Because people say crazy stuff. There's one man of God recently, and he should know better, and they may have trapped him in his defense. I'm not going to say who it is. I respect him. I don't know if the questions were loaded. They were interviewing him. But he, they got him to say, yeah, Jesus would have taken the vaccine. I don't know what that means. But they kind of trapped him into that. He said, man, pastor, you hit. No, I'm just saying that just sounds odd to me because why would he need it if he's healing everybody and he's God in the flesh? So you need to know the word. Grandpa and dad, they worked together. They studied together. They prayed together. I remember it was nap time. Sometimes they'd take naps near each other. It was great. They loved each other, man. They'd talk and laugh, and they had crazy adventures like the shotgun adventure. I'm telling you, at one point my grandpa would preach, and he got over this, but there were times he'd preach and he'd have a derringer in his boot. You know what a derringer is? It's a little gun that can blow you away. <laughs> It's like a little miniature shotgun. Yeah, Grandpa was something else. He was country, man, but they had a lot of fun. And Dad learned a lot from him. But they, they learned scriptures together. Grandpa taught Dad. He'd say, Fabian, you got to get into the Word every day. Get into the Word every day so you know it for yourself. Learn the Word. Read it. Listen to it. Medi Grandpa was big on meditating on the Word. I'm so old school, I remember going into Grandpa's room, and some of y'all will not remember this. Does anyone remember reel-to-reel? -reel? Cassettes? 
it was a tape, and it was this big, and it went from a reel to a reel on a big old thing on Grandpa's lampstand, and that was like his cassette player. I don't even, like, who even has, has those? That was audio, and it looked like, a, you know those old school films? They were bigger. It looked like an old school roll of film, but it was this big, and it would, that was like the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't even know where they found those things at. But they were listening to the word. They would listen to the word on record. I'd get in there, and you'd hear Alexander Scorby's voice. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, it didn't sound exactly like that. But they were, they were always in the word. That was a fabulous example for me. Why did I go into all this? Because none of them could stand against Stephen. Why? He knew the word, but he was full of the spirit. They could not stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. Let's go on to the next verse. So they persuaded some men to lie. They couldn't beat him scripturally. So look at what they did. This is how the enemy is. And I'm going to tell you, the devil was all over this situation. He said, man, they, their minds weren't renewed. Yeah, I believe some of those men, though, their minds were so beyond being renewed that they opened the door to the devil. Because look at this. They persuaded some men to lie about Stephen. And these are people arguing scripture with him. Some men to lie about Stephen saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. They were so religious you couldn't talk about Moses. That seems strange to me. That seems really religious. God's one thing, but you couldn't talk about Moses? Okay. So this roused the people. It stirred them up. Someone say it stirred them up. Uh-huh, they became a mob. The elders and the teachers of religious law. So the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law got all stirred up because someone was lying about Stephen. He'd been talking bad about Moses and about God. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the, the high council. Stephen's testimony is going to be interesting because he's going to give you a summary of all all scripture um, as it relates to the Jewish people. So the lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. You see how the story's already changing? First it was Moses and God. Now it's the whole, he's speaking against the holy temple. You mean a building? Can you imagine if someone came to me on the street and they go, you know, your building, it's of the devil. Oh my gosh, really? What? Well, this is just religion here. They're just religious. What is religion? Real quick. Religion is humankind's, mankind's attempt to reach God without Jesus. To reach God without a real relationship. To reach God through works only and not true faith. That's what religion is. Religion is, it says, I'm going to do all this stuff, and if you don't do it, you're going to hell. But if I do it, I get to brag. That's what religion is. Religion says, I'm better than you. No, true faith, true faith always works alongside love, doesn't it? And don't get me wrong. There's times where I watched my dad and my grandpa where there were situations where they told people, look, I'm not going to debate you. Jesus loves you. There was a time and a place for that. I'm not going to talk to you about it, but Jesus loves you. End of story. Here's what the word says. We love you. God bless you. Because, you know, you go through different seasons. Me and Noe have talked about this before. Sometimes it's unproductive. Comes someone come to your door and you're you're discussing scripture. Pretty pretty soon they want to fight you and beat you up. Well, that ain't that ain't good. You got to walk in love. We got to get past the religious aspect of well, but here's all this stuff you got to do. Jesus said, love God and love others. Simplicity. The lying witnesses said this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. It just seems strange. 
We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, I'm going to stop, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to stop here because very soon the Spanish service is coming in. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Isn't that interesting? He started to glow because of God's presence. Powerful. I need to close it out for here. I need to close that out right here for tonight just because we got to move on. The Spanish service is coming in. But does anyone have any questions tonight? I love asking that. Does anyone have any? Eddie, you got any questions about what we talked about tonight? No? Liz, questions? She's all especially not me. No, sir. No questions. <laughs> Thank you. It was all very clear. You did a good job. Thanks. Ariana, any questions? Tony? Hector? Cualquiera pregunta? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Let's pray, everybody. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for tonight. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you because you're doing wonderful things in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, because there is no one like you. We trust you tonight. Father, as we believe for healing, we believe for a, a season of growing closer to you, we believe, Lord God, that you will guide our steps. Scripture says, the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered of the Lord. Our steps, the righteous person's steps, are ordered of the Lord. Lord, direct our paths, make our paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and he will direct your paths. He'll make your path straight. He'll get you where you need to go. He'll help you find purpose. Is there anyone in the house tonight or on the live stream who says, Pastor Matt, I just need to make sure my heart is right with God. Would you raise your hand tonight? I'm going to pray with you. No need to be ashamed. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray as a family. Say, man, I need to make sure my heart is right with God tonight. Is that anybody in this house? Anybody on the live stream? Let's pray. Agree with me. Say this prayer with me tonight. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word is truth. And I believe there's forgiveness when I repent. Cleanse me of all sin. Strengthen me. Reveal yourself to me. Give me a hunger for your word. Draw me close to you. Give me the strength of Jesus. Thank you for your peace, your promises, and your hand of grace. We believe tonight in Jesus' name.